HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Academy Opus Cassius, the cheese industry's unique center for professional development. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello and welcome to our summer, summer season of Cutting the Curd, broadcasting on the Heritage Radio Network. This is Greg Blaze calling in from Boston, where I was uh, made to cook dinner for 180 drunk, breakfast for 180 drunk people yesterday. So, you know, this is my break, and it's lovely to be here. Um, on the line, I have a friend of the show, co-founder of Culture Magazine, and generally multi-talented person, Thalassa Skinner. How are you, Thalassa? <laughs> I'm very good, and that's a lovely thing to say, Greg. Thank you so much. Hey, you know I mean everything I say. Come on. I and so do I. So do I. For heaven's sake. <laughs> Thanks as always for coming. I out. can't believe you cooked for how many people did you cook? Breakfast? Uh, we did breakfast for 180. I'm a member of this uh, Swedish club. That uh, this is their like ushering in of spring breakfast. Uh, and so uh, we got up at about 2 a.m., started making breakfast. Uh, we did, like, umpteen dozen eggs. I deboned some hams. We made them herrings. We uh, opened the bar up at 5, and then uh, we don't let them eat it, so we made enough money for the bar. Um, it is, uh, it's a great thing. You know, I passed through wow. all the iterations of it. They made me work when I was, like, 8, you know, and then they made me work while I was drinking, and then now I passed through all of that, so now I'm, like, one of the old guys that, like, yells at people. <laughs> I can't imagine. I just can't not imagine me, that. <laughs> I think I've always been an old guy that yells at people, maybe out of the breakfast <laughs> room, you know? <laughs> well, I'm sure the breakfast was great. I wish I'd been there, but I'm actually in um, Hershey, Pennsylvania right now. Nice. What are you doing? 
So I just uh, met with um, a man named Jim O'John, who is Jim does O'John. product development. Jim O'John, who I said, I'm going to call you John O'Jim just because right. I have to now. <laughs> and um, But we did a product, um, we did a pairing, tried to put a pairing together with local cheeses to here and chocolates that are all part of the Hershey line. So it was very interesting. Um, yeah. And there's going to be an event in September that will, and we'll do a class for VIPs on that, but there's going to be a big um, kind of celebration of dairy and of all things that go along with the local area here, up here in, in Hershey, um, which is right next to Harrisburg. So it's beautiful, and I've got a lot of yeah. cheese and chocolate in my belly right now. Yeah. That's awesome. But Pennsylvania makes really good dairy, man. Like, it's like, uh, it's nice there. Absolutely. It is. It's beautiful. Absolutely. And history, Greg. Lots of history. Yeah. Yeah. They were the only people here before before uh, we were here. The Massachusetts people. The Philadelphia folks. You know what I mean? The, the daughters of the uh, revolution. Yep. That's uh, you true. Know, but, you know, the Civil War, all of that stuff, it, it's like there's a lot of history here. It's a pretty amazing place. Yeah. Good town with good food and Philly and uh, a good place. Um, well, thank you, as always, for coming on. Um, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's new and exciting in the world of Culture Magazine. You know, I've, I've um, had the honor of attending a couple of your counterculture events in the past. Um, maybe you could tell us about what counterculture is, who it's for, and where you'll be next. I, I'd love to. Um, thank you for asking. I um Pretty excited about counterculture. Counterculture yeah. uh, started for the reason, well, in general, Culture Magazine is a general consumer magazine about cheese. And the reason it started was um, in order to help educate the general consumer about cheese so that it would, it would lighten the load of those of us who were behind the counter. So right. it's kind of coming full circle with counterculture, which is a an industry only. So it is private, um, uh, two day educational um, seminar, for lack of a better word, that we invite that is free for all to attend. Um, so anyone who works with cheese in any capacity, whether it be um, behind a counter or behind uh, it behind in a rest in a restaurant or as a distributor yeah. or a broker, anybody can come to this. And we have cheese makers, cheese um, people who age cheese, any kind of people that work with cheese um, yeah. producing it. They do presentations, um, and you yourself have been part of it. And, and so is uh, Emily, who's alongside of you with um, cutting the curd, and. The whole point is to there's many things that that are get get accomplished by this. Which the 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 one that I find most satisfying is bringing people together to learn, um, and and also to take away any of the lines that are drawn because you work here versus there. Everybody can come together in a neutral place and learn about. Cheese, about things that go along with cheese, and any question you ask is perfectly good. So 
that's kind of the premise that this was started with. And the presenters that we have have, this is the third year now. The first year we only did two, but last year we did five um, across the country. And including Cleveland and Minneapolis and New York and Boston, L.A. And um, this year we've done already Portland, Oregon. We're about to do, uh, to come into Chicago in June. And we're going in September to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then we're in Philly in um, October. So we got a lot ahead of us. That's great. I mean, I... It's as a participant, and I really, uh, I really liked it. It was a uh, very nice and uh, non-agenda-driven way for people to get together and a lot of uh, a lot of free information. You know, like yep, uh, yes. I mean, you know, I as kind of like you moderating that. I moderate, um, like you moderating this. Like I moderate that, and I, you know, the goal is to break down all walls and to keep everything. Kind of, I mean, we have so many questions kind of and the uh, thing. Go ahead. What kind of walls? Do you mean like walls between people in our industry that don't often talk to one another, like that sort of thing? Or walls yeah, yeah, they're there. Um, they're certainly there, but also, you know, people, there's all le- levels of learning. So people who are new to the industry can get, get intimidated by people who've been in it for a long time or who are old men and yell at them if they eat, you know what I mean, Greg, you know what I mean. And um, and then there's this simple coming in and being, you know, just having having to go back over the basics because who doesn't need to go back over the basics? We all do on a regular basis. So it's, it's really, and the other side of it is that it's, we're a very quickly growing um, uh, profession. So yeah. this is a, there are all these new things that are out there and we can't know about it or even come up with ideas unless we talk to each other. So this is one of those places where we can get inspired and just share ideas, ask questions. You know, I've grown immensely just by doing them because, you know, there are all these great people in the industry that we may not have met because they can't get to trade shows or they can't go. Right. They're not at a level where they're sent to the ACS, that kind of thing. And, you know, yeah, it's pretty fun. And I've been talking to a lot of retailers lately, um, you know, in the wake of some stuff and in just in general. And uh, it just gets so fractured. You don't have time to leave your own store. Um, and, you yeah. and when you do, Sometimes, you know, you're like, you want to get caught up in the cool tourism part of stuff. You know, you want to go visit farms, you want to do all this, you know, but so, right. like, and um, you don't get the traction, I think, from getting together, making out that somewhere. For some reason, and on a larger scale, not that we don't think it's important, but I feel to a lot of people it seems impossible, you know? Like, even yeah. take the um, take the something like the CCP, you know, or, like, get time off to go to the CMI, or, like, God forbid, get time off to go to an ACS or to go to BRA or to go to, you know, to do the contest for, for Sartori or, like, any of that stuff, you know. Like, we never – we're all so fractured, I always feel like, you know. Like, 
Well, and I exactly you you hit it right on the head, and I think uh, the wonderful thing is there are so many things out there, but it, a lot of times we forget that people don't necessarily know that they're out there either, and sure. we can't help you know you and I are old timers in this industry now, God forbid, and um, you know we forget how much it's changed and how important it is to go back to. Um, remembering that and to learn from the people who are new in the industry, who are just getting that first excitement about what it's about. And we ourselves need to remember that we we don't know everything either, so we have to kind of keep keep rebuilding in a way, and this helps with that. I mean, even in the show, like in in the time that I've done the show, this radio show, like, and someone asked me, you know, what I what I got out of it, you know, and then, and it wasn't a weird question. It was from a person that makes money. They're doing jobs to make money, and they, and, they were, and I was like, yeah, we dedicate time. We find service. He's like, so how much do you get paid for that? I was like, well, I don't get paid for that. And he was like, well, then you're a sucker, you know. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, so by putting it out there, like just trying to get information and learn the people I'm, I'm a sucker, you know? It was like, I didn't understand that mindset. And also, it made me realize that, you know, a lot of people work jobs and in the industry where they don't have a lot to learn. You can master the spreadsheets at the credit bank that you're at. That is possible. You can do that math. Uh, for us, yep. there's so much uh, undiscovered things and so many innovations, and uh, there's so much science, which I was afraid of, um, that's actually being brought down and couched in a way that makes us, us less scared of it. You know, there's a lot um, to think you're to think you're ceasing to. You know, I think more so as a person that's been around for a long time. You know, I think sometimes we get used to saying things that we think are true. You know, and on some level, oh yeah, it may be disproved, and we learn, we move on from that. You know. Um, but I also feel Wait. like that, what I just said, keeps people fractured because in America, in American and cheesemongering in general, like, functions on the legend, you know? So, like, if mm-hmm. you have the perfect legend in your community, you know, whatever it is, or the cheese, or whatever, like, you don't want anybody to sort of uh, debunk that, <laughs> you know? Because that, like, maybe that tells you a lot of cheese. You know, maybe it's an interesting story that you tell, you know? So we, yep. we don't... We don't want to be proved wrong by our peers, and we don't want to look bad. But by the same token, we, you know, uh, by by doing that, we take a little bit of the fun out of it. And that's why I like when a counterculture because it was a very inclusive uh, atmosphere where you know people were not there to talk and uh, prove how the, how smart they are. You know, they were they were there to learn. You know, um, no matter what their station. And uh, you know, I thought you guys did a really good job on that. Thank you. Well, I mean, to that point, um, when I was just in Portland, I I was quite taken by the, um, as I sat back and I was listening to one of the presentations and kind of the way people were responding to it, and I talked with people about this, that, you know, everyone has different ways of learning and different skill sets. So to your point, to your point, you know, the fact that we even try to um, kind of bolster ourselves up so that we almost pretend like we know everything 
is setting right. ourselves up for failure. And um, I feel like one of the best things that I personally can do as a person, as, an, as a person in a, in a, you know, bringing together people, but also as an educator, is to not make feel, people feel bad if this is not the thing that floats their boat. It's to say, right. this, is, this is the huge... Um, diversity of content that's out there, and we need everybody's skill sets in whatever area that you're good at to yeah. in in this industry. So you know if and I, you know I feel like there's a lot more to be done with that, and I I think that one of the really coming back to one of the understated goals of counterculture is to create the ability for this community to work together better and to think more creatively about how everyone can be somehow involved with it and not right. you have to have all of these skill sets in one person. It just doesn't happen. It, there is nobody no. that has all those skill sets. So, you know, it, it's, it's nice to see everybody from the most amazing artist to the most you know, cerebral scientists sitting in one room, all getting something out of it. It's a it's a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it's totally awesome. And then, uh, really, a thing that I think you've done well. So we're going to take a short break, and then uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Alasa. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, through the lens what we've been discussing about education and learning and coming together about some current events in the cheese industry. So hang with us for a minute. We'll be right back. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course, and attracts students from such diverse countries as Australia, Venezuela, Ukraine, Canada, Sweden, Kenya, and India. Cheesemongering, cheesemaking, and affinage courses form the core curriculum. Sensory analysis training is practiced daily in every program. Applications are now open for the Life of Cheese in Four Days at the acclaimed Cellars at Jasper Hill in Vermont, May 30th through June 2nd. This is a great preparatory program for anyone planning to take the ACS-CCP exam this summer. The Academy is also accepting applications for limited spaces in Cheese in New York, an insider's tour, June 23rd through 26th, which will bring you to the Fancy Food Show, the Good Food Mercantile, and the Cheesemonger Invitational as well as backstage visits to some of New York's Brooks best, best best cheesy spots. Upcoming in the fall, there are only a few spots left for students enrolling in the Academy's suite of courses. Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals and Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. The Academy will also be including an excursion to the Slow Food Cheese Festival in Bra, Italy. The extended program runs from September 11th through 22nd. For more information and to apply for this and other courses, visit our website at academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Nice. Nice laser burst. That was sweet. I know. I like that. 
cool, man. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Cool is the word I oh. had for that. I was just, flashback is the word I had for it, but, you know, I'm, I'm recovering. <laughs> I thought I was in Star Wars for a minute, to be honest. Yeah, I was in the stars all right. Um, we're, we're, <laughs> welcome back. We were just chatting with Lassa Skinner about Culture Magazine and Counterculture, the educational program offered by the magazine, The Cheese Professional. In this half of the show, I'd like to turn our attention to some recent news and cheese. First one is difficult for me to talk about, but it's one that's affected all of us who work in cheese and love cheese. That's the recall of the Volpe Creamery Cheese's Eagle Listeria contamination. Centers for Disease Control issued their final report on the outbreak last week. This has been devastating for so many people and families directly affected by this outbreak, as well as people who are, like us who are familiar with these cheeses and their make, maker Yost. And I don't want to dwell too much on the details, except for to ask you, Lassa, what do you think the consequences of this have been and will be going forward for the industry as a whole? Oh, gosh. Oh, Greg. Um, yeah. I, didn't, I, I mean, I waited you know, a long time to talk about this, and, I, and because I never wanted to talk about anything out of my depth, you know, and, and in a certain thing, in a certain way, this is very much out of my, my depth, but but I feel as a cheese maker, mom, cheese monger, I can speak to it on some level, but this seems to be the best, you know, way. So what do you think? Oh, well, I mean, I, I have no problem talking about it at all. Um, in that, um, you know, because as, as we all love Yost, and I am, you know, I am sure that of, of all people, he is, trying, he is, you know, completely shocked and, and trying hard to, um, to, to understand all the steps that, that led to this. But I will say that of all people, you know, he is a heartfelt and incredibly responsible human. Um, and, uh, but anyway, leaving that aside, um, there is no, literally no um, food that's produced that doesn't have some risk attached to it. And I can remember, I can't. I think it was spinach that was, you know, grown in California that uh, massively affected people that had E. coli. So, but you know, we have one cheese maker out of so many that had a problem, and it did lead to some very dr- drastic um, and, you know, problems. But it, I think the thing that needs to be left or be said about this is that um, protocol, the way that, that cheese is um, not only regulated, but the way cheese makers take to heart very seriously the way that they produce their cheeses is in- incredibly safe. And it is no different than any other food in terms of how it is um, cared for and, and the way that you well, act, that you actually safer. It is different, <laughs> but if you're looking at seafood, it's you know all of well, them. They all have different protocols. Right. Right. That's what I mean. Is that well, yeah. you know? But That's every. Go ahead. Sorry. 
I'll see you. No, you go. Fun. It's your show. You go first. Well, I think I wanted to. <laughs> I asked you, you know, what do you think the consequences have been and will be going forward? I mean, I can, you know, I can opine on what I think oh. the answers are. Questions, all right. I see. I mean, I, I mean, I think the consequences um, haven't played themselves out yet, you know. And I think that um, how we will be affected is that equal and larger amounts of pressure will be placed on an industry that doesn't have a lot of resources that are easily available to help them solve scientific problems that are not very expensive to them. You know? So I think yeah. what should happen is that scientists should start falling on the right side of this problem, which is to how help these people make better cheese and that food safety needs to be looked at, you know. Um, but you have to change around. And I just did two nights listening to um, uh, the Percivals talk about um, their book, which is fascinating, you know, and, uh, and starting to turn around people's idea of, like, Jesus is this thing full of pathogens. Pathogens are bad. They just called them something else besides bad and understood what they actually did for you. You know, we'd get a, we'd get a, a, a regulatory environment, hopefully, that would, that would educate the cheese makers and would be able to help them curb those problems in the future. But I think, unfortunately, it's a lot cheaper just to make something to, to try to make it go away. And I, my fear is that that's, what, that's the way they'll go, you know? Well, yes, I agree. I mean, I you know, underlying everything is um, there. There are a lot of economic and and you know, lobbying things that go along right. with all of it. Legalities too. So I think um, I think everybody, every one of us in this industry um, would like people who are in decision making capacities, and that includes general consumers to. To um, learn and to be much more educated when things are said and done than a blanket blank white state black white statement, and um, you know I think that for um, if you really peel back layers, people that have had problems with their making of 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 cheese in any capacity have done so because there are labor or other kinds of cutting measures that have been done because of all of the, the, the problems that have been laid upon them and the lack of resources that are there and open to them. And I know for a fact, and I know you know this too, that if you were elsewhere in a country that, that actually got behind its cheese making um, cheese makers, that it it would not happen in that same way. So our support system is not there, and the way that we look at, at everything is so individual that you put this out there, I buy it from you, you are this, and there is nobody else that's looked at in, in, in any of that chain, nor do, we, nor do we support it. So I think that is really of the essence when it comes to really comes to cheese making because there's so many elements that go along with that that, you know, we need to look at things as a group and not say, oh, we have to get rid of people or get rid of things and just make it much more simple. But, no, get behind people and help them rather than pull them down. Well, we do that. I mean, as a consumer of that, 
to the, the original question, really, like, because, like, the consequences of this will be that we're looked at much more closely, and and as a whole, and things will just get tougher, you know, until we get that environment of uh, of learning. That's how that's how I see it happening, and and I and I'll work my ass off to educate people on a store level and to let people know that cheese is such a safe food and to try to get them to put some perspective on an, on an, on an incident like this um, where, where certainly people aren't infallible, but there's a, there's a larger story than what these people put out in a, in a slanted, you know, um, industry news, news piece to make, the, to make someone look bad, you know, in that particular case. But if a cheese maker yeah. attempted the corners meet demand, and I'm not saying that's what happened here, because I'm, and I'm not, um, but if, if it seems like it's attempted to cut corners and make changes to meet demand, like that's a really difficult trade-off. What resources are out there to help small producers avoid this situation? Guilds, ACS, the FDA itself, who's out there when problems arise? And as a small business owner, you're also trying to keep your business afloat. Like, who do you go to? You know? Well, that's a great question. I mean, I think that they, we have many people that we could call on, um, we meaning the cheese community in general, but it's all knowing your community, and it's looking to the person right next to you who's also making Absolutely. cheese and saying, how do I make it happen, you know? and. Well, I- um, this is where we get also, and this is something I hope we get, we change from in the next, I mean, I hope it's 10 years, but I think we're looking more like 20, like 25 to 30 years that we have an infrastructure where people who are cheesemakers also have people who they work with who are managing herds, and it's not everything on one person and that it's much more readily available and that there's an infrastructure for, you know, mentoring that there, I do believe very heavily in the, the Wisconsin master cheesemaker program and what goes, that's huge. And, and it's, go ahead. People how to make the master cheesemakers, you know, gives them the underpinnings of structure that, Let's, the, the structure, what I'm talking about in, in that structure is how to be clean. Because, you know, we've always seen the puns and everything the cheesemakers put it out there. They're like glorified dishwashers. That's absolutely true. I made cheese yep. with, with, with Yost and his creamery, and we, Emily and I, scrubbed the fuck shit out of all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I think that the Wisconsin system, rather than just having to struggle and do that on your own, Having a system like that puts you through such of those 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 products, you have to learn how to make them, you know, and then be able to sell them and saying you're selling them, even more than the sticker or like the the advert. You know, you get a little bump in your sales and you get to be known as a man to make three cheese. You're just going to have fewer returns, but fewer of these problems, you know, because there's a system yeah. that sets you, supports you. So when you have a problem, you know who you go to to ask, you know. Here. That's what I'm well, saying. That's exactly. I agree. I mean, I I think yeah. that it's partially an American problem. I mean, I'm sure that this can happen in any place that doesn't have more of an infrastructure um, that just like us, where we think we have to do everything start to finish again. And it's similar to what we talked about in the first segment, which is everybody has different skill sets. And right. 
you cannot do everything all by yourself. It's just anybody who says they can and, and they still have other people not only supporting but giving them advice or help in some way, even if subliminal, that they fall back to. So, and then the Massachusetts program. Sorry? sorry. I am sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. You just want to talk, and I can't can't speak over you, right? (laughs) You can speak over me. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you're in the room with me, you could throw something at me. I would be fine with that. (laughs) I think that... For me, anyway, the Master Cheese Maker program does a couple of things. Um, besides the learning, it's a, it's a really, it's a, got, you have to have been in the industry for years making cheese before you can even apply, and yep. then you have to get accepted, and then you have to do it. So there's so many checks and balances that it can be seen for a lot of people as way too much work and time and whatever, but it has, there's a reason for it. And, and that's where you get best you... makers like that. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody met... That apprenticeship method is what makes good employees. I mean, I'd either do apprentice work at a butcher shop, but the, the shit that they made me do, they wouldn't let me touch meat. I had some trash and threw away, like, old chicken juice for, like, a year. They were like, you don't touch knives here. You... What the hell do you think this is? You know, like, and, like <laughs> that made me really afraid to mess, to mess up. And very respectful of the the animals that they were breaking down, you know, and that's what it does. Yep. You know, there has to be uh, uh, a fear of some sort of failure. But if you're not, if you're going out there, your 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 failure, your fear is that if something goes off, which it might, due to any number of factors that you have to figure out by yourself, and then you're cut. You're kind of, you know, like. You're, you're not super supportive. And what I said to these guys um, when we were talking about it, when I said on Jimmy Carboni's show, um, when, when the principals run, and I think it was like the best regulation is done at the local level. You need to go to your state person, and then your state person has to work with you as a cheesemaker so that they know. Like, you're like, man, you've, you've been showing, you know, these kind of tests for uh, what the hell is going on here. And then that person can take a look at the nuts and bolts of your business before it gets into the hands of the federal government, where they just make broad-sweeping statements about you that can crush you, you know? Like, there's right. got to be somewhere, there's got to be somewhere between those two ends, you know, I, I think, you know, and then you got to hold yourself responsible for your practices no matter who you are, you know, and that's, that's the tough part about right. it, but... It's, well, it's I mean, it's also a good argument for um, hiring expertise. And, and, and actually looking at what expertise means. And I think that if you look at our very successful um, cheese companies in this country, I almost, almost without fail, they have gone, they've either gone over to Europe to learn or they've brought in people who have that background to teach them how to do things. I feel like that... If we're going to rely on a larger government system to understand our industry, they also have to have some kind of training to understand what we are producing is all about, too. And, I mean, I can't tell anyone to do that, but I feel that very strongly that needs to happen. So, you know, there's education as we started this out 
uh, start out saying on yeah. all levels. How do you yeah. make it so? It's um, there has to be an inherent interest in rather than wiping out an entire portion of our cheese industry. There has right. to be a reason for them to do it. Goddamn right, there better be because I like to. Work. There better I be. Like and if they come, if they well, have... I mean, here's 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 a case in point. Do we want to do without Gruyere for right. the rest of our lives? Because if we're really we can't we can't pick and choose. So are we cutting out everything that has in any way been made for a cent, you know for centuries with raw milk? It doesn't make sense. So we can we're very we're not stupid people. We can learn how to do no. this. Yeah. So we just we are... have to have the protocol, and I don't know about you, but all of the raw milk cheeses that are produced in in Europe, I can't live without them. So what does that mean? You know, it means I'm going to be blowing my brains out on the air. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but seriously, I'm with you on all that. I'm really glad to get to talk a little bit about it. Like I said, I, I don't. I was really careful. You know, Yoke's a good friend of mine, and he really is. Um, and uh, yeah, ditto. Uh, I he's I terrific. Want to uh, say um, much, but I think you know people need to know. People need to to be involved on some level. And like my questions with you is like, let's just move forward. Who helps us out? We don't want to do this again. Tell me what I have to do as a cheesemonger to make sure this doesn't happen again. Tell me what I have to make do as a cheesemaker. Tell me what I have to do as a board of health official as a agent markets official. That should be the mentality, like, this just happened. We didn't like this. Obviously, people perished. This was not something that, this is not why people make cheese and sell cheese. You know? So why do we, how do we all get together and um, on all levels, from the people, the end user, to the maker, to the scientists, to interpret what the maker is doing, kind of take a closer look, you know, like, like and go forward from it. But on a happier note, <laughs> oh, that's not happening. Yes, thank I you. Like, I, see some, I see hope. I, I always feel like that these people are very resourceful. These makers are very resourceful. Um, the diehards of us, like, we don't give a fuck. We're going to do our job, and we're going to get there and comply and do whatever the hell we have to do to keep doing what we love. So just bring it on, and we'll take it on, and we'll make it work. And that's how we got it. That's my mindset, you know? Like, Well, there's a a place for all of us in this. I do think that we have a ways to go to coming together as a unit and actually having a voice. And I I think we try, but I don't think that we're getting through yet. But I think we have to remember how young we are and how much we need to just go the distance. So I think your attitude is exactly what we need to have and just... Where you go, man. You know, it, it it may not happen in our lifetime, Greg, but you know, our our lifetime is short compared to where, you know, other to to the longevity of what we're talking about. So yeah. we just have to put our nose down and, and yeah. work harder. In which we will. We're in a good spot and we'll and we'll make it better. Oh yes we will, my man. Yes we will. Yeah. So on a happier note, I love reading articles to confirm my cheese-eating habits are actually making me healthier. A new study suggests that there may be a compound in aged cheese that helps reduce the risk of liver cancer and extend lifespan. 
research team from Texas A&M University found that spermidine, which is a com- compound found in aged cheese and other foods, when fed to mice as an oral supplement, made those mice less, less likely to develop liver fibrosis and hepatocellular carcinoma. I actually said all that. Hepatocellular I can't believe carcinoma. you did that. Yes, good job. I get a gold star for that. Uh, Lassa, what are your you thoughts do. on cheese as a health food? Um, do, you like, do, you, do you like it as health food? Is it healthy at all? Because <laughs> it is. All right? Well, let's say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this about that. Um, <laughs> I have eaten cheese quite heavily since I was 19. And yeah. um, my mother has osteoporosis. I do not. Um, and I run, uh, so my bones are very healthy. But I, yeah. would say, I would also say that I rely on cheese far more than anything else to give me a pick-me-up. And um, I don't rely on it to clean my liver or do anything like that because I do drink fairly heavily, but always very good stuff, <laughs> I might add. <laughs> um, well, you but I, I think where I left for, off. I have. I think I have. Uh, so I think cheese is a health food in that I believe it is. Um, it has a lot of vitamins and minerals, and if you look at it, it really, really does. But it also keeps me away. I crave cheese far more than I crave sweets. So yeah. for me, um, it's, you know, it, it's a food unto itself. I never get tired of it. And I don't yeah. ever say I can't have it. So it's one of those things that a, a little bit goes a long way because I, it's always available to me. I always say, yes, I can go to the cheese counter. And even... Yeah. I know people say, oh, it's so much money, and it really isn't. When I look at, I always have several kinds of cheese in the fridge, and they're always great cheeses, and it's a bloody health food to me. Yeah. It's a bloody health food. I'm going to quote you It's a bloody health food, Mike. Fucking T-shirt. I'm sorry. (laughs) Cheese, it's a bloody health food from the Lhasa. Yes, it's a bloody health food. It's my new bumper sticker. Good. I'm ending there. Thanks again for coming on the show, Lassa. Um, I'm looking forward to another great season of Cutting the Curd. Um, Got to get some traction. Well, back I'm going to see yeah. you in Chicago, right? Yeah, you sure are. You absolutely are. I'll be right. there. Be in counter, be in culture. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Awesome. Tune in Monday for a new episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.